We all have paradigms and roadblocks that prevent us from excelling, and they can be real or imagined. Welcome to Beyond Bricks, a podcast that will give you the ability to break through those walls. Here's Dr. Nathan Unruh. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this conversation. I'm excited about this conversation because I don't get it to interview my my kids' friends. And because a lot of them I, I can't interview because they really haven't done anything yet. No, I just can't. I just can't. <laughs> but no, I'm excited to have Carter Keller with us. And, you know, I got to watch you as a young boy playing lots of basketball. You had an okay jump shot. <laughs> so, right off the bat, let's just get this clear right off the bat. You ready? Okay. How many do you think I got to spot you for you to beat me in a game of one on one? Oh, one point. <laughs> <laughs> but I got to spot you. Right. But, but, you know, Carter's had some uh, really interesting experiences at a very young age, mm-hmm. and now it's taking him to a place where now he is providing mentorship and performance coaching. On the mental aspect of things. Correct. Right? Yes. So get, get your head right, mm-hmm. eliminate the stinking thinking, like Zig Ziglar also said, yep. and we can accomplish anything in life. That's right. So first off, I want to just, let's start with your experiences. So yeah. you had an amazing career in high school in basketball, graduated, mm-hmm. and then went on to play hoops in college. So start yeah. there and tell us about those experiences. Okay. Yeah, um, definitely. So like you said, um, after graduation, of high school, I went to North Dakota. I decided to go there where my family was. Um, a lot of family in South Dakota, more family in North Dakota. So I went there, and honestly, school was just not my thing. As you kind of get into college, um, I was really good at school when I got into college, but I just didn't like it so much. Um, the aspect of it, of what I wanted to do, and how much of my interest was with basketball. So what happened was, um, with me paying for my college in full by myself, I just grinded it out, and I was, and I came to a point where it's like. I went to my counselor and I said, I want to get a double major because I know I've done a lot of credits. And she told me, you can actually graduate at the end of this third year if you would like. So I had a decision to make, play my fourth year of college basketball or start working in the workforce. And that's where my life changed completely from there. Mm. So after graduating, after my third year, um, I, I got a job opportunity for my degree in financial advising, wealth management, um, things like that business. Um, and then the same day, I got a job opportunity in Goldman Sachs out in Utah. So I had to make a decision to either stay here in Sioux Falls or go away from Sioux Falls, away from everybody, not knowing anybody, and go work there. Wow. Yep. Well, you did the exact opposite of what I did. I tried to extend college as long as I could. In fact, would still be in college today if I could. But, okay, so Goldman Sachs. I mean, yep. That had to be an amazing experience. So, yeah. so what are some of the things you learned from being in that sector? Because that's a, that whole financial sector and yep. is a whole different game. So talk about that for a moment. I would love to touch on that. So you would think that being at Goldman Sachs, it's a prestigious company. I was first job out of college. Um, it's harder to get into Goldman Sachs than Harvard is what they say. So me being there, my first job out of college, I thought like, this is great. You know, I, I made it almost and I can stick it out here and work my way up. Mm-hmm. But I just wasn't happy doing it. So like people from the external, my um, personal life, people looking at me like, hey, this guy's doing cool things working in the stock market. Um, I was working in the stock market for every every stock market outside of the United States. So I was doing like Chile, Brazil, Colombia, Canada. Mm-hmm. So I was having I was having a good time learning, and it was mm-hmm. a fast paced work environment. But when I was working from um, six a.m., the sun was still behind the mountains in Utah until seven p.m. give or take, mm-hmm. and then and then I'd leave the office, and the mountain uh, the sun would be behind the mountains again. So I never saw sunlight and it was just taking a toll on me. Mm-hmm. So that's when I had to make a pivot. And I was like, 
I need, so actually I want to go into that too a little bit is while I was working there, you know, you kind of, I wasn't fulfilled while I was doing that job, right? Mm-hmm. So I wanted to seek something outside of myself where I could kind of be a leader and um, have an impact on things that's bigger than me. Mm-hmm. So some of people may know of um, High School Musical, the movie. Have, mm-hmm. you, have you heard of it? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, so yeah. I still sing a lot of the songs. Do you? Okay, oh, yeah. perfect. That's great. <laughs> so, so I actually reached out to the head coach. I got his email. Of, of this East High basketball, so East High, and it's yeah. the actual school where High School Musical was filmed. So I said, hey, do you need anybody just to come in, help with um, shoot around, things like that? I just want to be involved with something. So I was there for a week, and he said, hey, man, the kids love you. Why don't you, do you want to be the freshman coach this year? So that was my way of being something bigger than myself and kind of getting outside my comfort zone of doing something that was Fun. more fulfilling. While mm-hmm. I was there, did you yeah. did you sing while you played? No, actually, I tell people all the time we never practiced. All we did was sing and dance, oh, and, and we were the only it. team. The freshman team was the only team with a w- winning record. Wow, yeah. I love it. I yeah. love it. Yeah. Okay, so from there, where would yeah. that take you? Because you've had a number of experiences at a very young age. You're right. That, yes. So so from there, where'd you where'd you go from there? Yeah. So um, I've been to about forty countries in the past two two and a half years, and about twenty states, including along with the countries. Okay. So mm-hmm. while I was in Utah. And that's what I mean. It was a calling for me to go to Utah. Absolute calling. I knew I was guided. Um, I want to tell a little story about that. When I accepted the job at Goldman Sachs, they said, don't do anything yet. There's an extensive background process for you to get um, to get in the company, you know, banking, handling people's finances. So I told my dad, I said, hey, I feel called to go here. I'm going to go there no matter what. I don't care if anything, if something falls through, I'm going there. Mm-hmm. And so we set a date of September 16th, 2019. I still remember this. And um, so on that day, it was a Friday. And I, I was grabbing my car keys. I was tying my shoe. I get a phone call about to go pick up my dad. And I was like, I, did, I ignored it. I was like, Dad, I'm on my way to pick you up. We're going to drive 16 hours to Utah. One moment. And I got in, get in the car, and it was my boss from Goldman Sachs calling me. He said, hey, just want to let you know everything's good. I want to know when you can start. And I said, Monday. He's like, what do you mean Monday? Like, you, you, are you flying here right now or what? I said, actually, I'm in the car on, on my way. And he said, you, you know, you, you took initiative before you even knew you were going to be here. And I said, mm-hmm. I knew I was going to be there. So to Good have that you. right in that moment, it still gives me chills to this day. Because I was like, yep. I'm grabbing my keys. I get a phone call. And yeah. I had it was a month and a half between between when I applied and when my manager called me back saying I'm good. So I love it. it was definitely knowing. And then when I say it was a calling, it's like I was meant to travel. I, yeah. I say traveling is not my hobby. It's my it's my like obsession. Uh-huh. So I was able to travel to um, during COVID. Um, uh, some buddies and I during we could, when we could work remote, we packed up and started going to all the western states in the United States. So we started in all the national parks, all these different cool places that mm-hmm. some people don't have to, don't get to see. Um, so along the way, I went to one secret place in specific, and I don't want to mention it because um, it's very secretive. There is, um, nobody goes there. And no people in Washington don't even know where it's at. And you have to get there by a three and a half hour ferry or um, uh, get the hike from Mexico to Canada. It's along that trail. Mm-hmm. So um, while I was traveling. Why can't you talk about it? It's they don't want anybody just. But how did you find out about it? My, my, one of my buddies, yeah, yeah. Um, it, yeah. it just had the. So we went there by the yeah. by the ferry, and I met somebody there, and his name's Carl. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Carl graduated from um, somewhere in Washington, and he got us. He was a lawyer, and he said, "Hey, I just got called to come here 40 years ago when I was 30, and I've been mm-hmm. living off my garden ever since." So this guy has been living off of his planted garden. He has goats. He meditates mm-hmm. three times a day. Um, he wakes up at 4.30 off his internal alarm clock. So I was there, and that's where my journey basically started with that guy because he was speaking to me, and I was like, this is a whole different lifestyle. He doesn't know what's happening on the outside world, but this guy is so zen. So I was talking to him, right? And he he had bees, mosquitoes all over his face, didn't touch him. He was perfectly fine, and nothing stung him. They, like, loved him. 
And I was over here, you know, swiping away, getting stung mm -hmm. um, with mosquitoes. But for him, he was just had his shoes off. He was in his, you know, home. Mm -hmm. And so I was, I was like, Carl, like, how do, you, how does one do this after living in the world, uh, real world? You know, coming out here. He's like, this place has a specific energy. And again, he's like, I'm called to be here right now. Mm -hmm. And and so it kind of got like a. Maybe he's like a Buddhist. I'm not quite sure, honestly. Mm -hmm. But he taught me so much. He said like he went to doctors about healing things with inside himself. But he, he gave me his book about it's like a you know it's a seven page book about mm -hmm. how food has healed him because he's eating 95 mm -hmm. from mm -hmm. his garden. He's like I've never felt better. I'm more clear. Mm -hmm. Anything. So that is where my mind is open. Where it was like there's so much more out there than just the United States even. Mm -hmm. So when I was traveling, oh, it got knocked all those out. That's when I was like I need to go see more. And so I had that initial call. It's like when I was in Utah going back to work, it's like, I cannot be here. It wasn't like, oh, maybe I should look. It was like, hey, God's telling me, get out. Like, mm -hmm. you need to go somewhere. So I was like, okay. So I started looking and I applied for, I was like, okay, how can I incorporate my financial job with traveling? So I applied for one job and that's how I got to live in Miami. Mm -hmm. So I went from Salt Lake City, Utah to Miami. It's like a triangle on the map and you go from, you know, a different culture, religion and to, in Utah to something totally different in Miami then also from South Dakota. So mm -hmm. I feel like I had a great diverse background there. Um, so I, I got hired at Royal Caribbean Cruise Line. Mm, fun. Yep. So I was working there for a little bit and I got to travel around. So before I took like two weeks off of work in between and I took a Europe trip. So I went to, um, from London to, um, to so London to France. Um, then I went down to yeah, Paris. That's what it was. I went to Paris to Milan, went over to Venice, went to Florence, went down to Rome and did a cruise out of there. Um, um, to Greece. So then I started traveling more. Then I started going on the Caribbean. Mm -hmm. And then um, when I got to that point, I was working in the office again. So at this point, I want to say, like, I was trying to accommodate my financial to make other people happy. Like, I was like, hey, um, I have this financial background. I'm trying to be a big boy by doing, by being in a, a professional job, yeah. but I'm still not doing what I like behind a computer. That was it. I like to get out and talk to people and I'm learning a lot and I know I can make an impact. And I just mm -hmm. felt called to more. So I was like, okay, you know what, what is next for me? Because I've been mm -hmm. in Miami now a year and a half, and it was like, I need to get out of here again. It was that calling. So I was like, okay, what, I should, what should I do next? And then um, I asked to go on the cruise ship for a contract. And so this was like my next calling. And keep in mind that like, this wasn't easy because this was not a quote-unquote big board job that people look at. There's no Americans on the cruise ship, people from all over different countries, which I best stories ever being on the cruise ship, learning from people from India, whatever, China, Taiwan. Yeah, like I had yeah. people from Brazil, managers from Serbia, you name it. And so to learn from all those different cultures and, mm -hmm. and having bosses, I had four bosses in a span of eight months. My contract was eight months long and I had to deal with four different bosses. Not many people can say that from four different countries around the world. And mm -hmm. so being that and working with a team from all over, like a team of six from all over the world was amazing and mm -hmm. to be with them all the time was a phenomenal experiences mm -hmm. but i had to kind of let go of myself and my ego a little bit of you know making money and whatever and i actually do what i want to do and what's going to fulfill me and that was at the time traveling so i had to kind of give that up because i was taking a huge pay cut and i knew it but i was like hey this this is what i need to do next mm -hmm. so you want to stop there quick no so <laughs> i mean that's i mean how old are you 25 You've slammed uh, more into 25 years than most people do in their in a lifetime. So, okay, so fast forward then. Okay, so keep going here. So, yeah. the, so you came from Royal Caribbean. Then what happened? Mm, okay, so after I got off the cruise ship, right, I said eight months. I was supposed to be back on my next contract. I was about to go to Greece, Israel, and Turkey. Mm -hmm. And I was really excited. Um, like I said, I've been to Greece. 
I was going to be in like Barbados, St. Lucia, St. Thomas for a while. Mm -hmm. Been there, done that already. So I wasn't that excited. I don't like to yeah. go to the same place twice. Yeah. Um, so, But I was excited to get back on the cruise ship and have a lot of fun. I would do a lot of unique things that I wouldn't necessarily, necessarily say was me. So when I say that, like people might look at me as a certain person and how, you know, leaving college, like, oh, he's a basketball athlete, you know, mm -hmm. whatever it may be. Oh, he was in finance doing that. So on the cruise ship, again, I don't know anybody and nobody cares because you're with people from all over the world. Mm -hmm. Nobody cares who you are, what you do, what you look like. You could do mm -hmm. anything you wanted. So I would be participating with guests to do dance challenges. Like I'd be their dance partner. So I'd be dancing with 60-year-old grandmas, you know, having a good time, tangoing and things mm -hmm. like that. And it was just, I could do whatever I want and be free and have fun. So when I say that, it's like it was totally different than when I lived in Miami. Because when you live in Miami, so everything teaches you. When I travel, you learn so much. So when I was in Miami, everybody put on a certain mask. Like it was like, I want you to think that I'm rich or I have this going on. Mm -hmm. It was how could I act like I have this already or the next step and put that on for people to see. Mm -hmm. It's very like superficial place, right? Mm -hmm. So that's one thing that it taught me. So and then so when I was on the cruise ship and excited to go back and be able to be whatever I wanted, not putting any mask on, whatever, it was really opening to me of how freeing it was to be that. Um, so, so I was having my solo road trip again. So I just got back. I was in Amsterdam. I went down to Belgium, over to Germany, um, like Frankfurt, Berlin, Hamburg. Then I went up to Copenhagen. Then I went to Sweden and then I went over to Oslo, Norway. Mm -hmm. So when I was in Sweden, I got a phone call. So I had 11 days before I had to be back. Um, I was getting flown out to Barbados to get back on. And I got a phone call from my current, um, mental performance coach right now. So he called me. He knows what I've done. So back, I'm going to back up a little bit again, if that's okay. Yeah. So of how I got to where I am right now. Because mm -hmm. he knew, and when I was back in Miami a couple years back, I was really into this life coaching, mental performance coaching. I spent a lot of money and hired a lot of coaches who I really wanted to learn from. Mm -hmm. And so I was learning from them. And I was studying it. I got um, two certifications, like health and wellness coach and life coach, um, just to kind of have that background to say, like, I have this piece of paper. Honestly, mm -hmm. it didn't do much. Yeah. I got the most value from my experiences of going out and learning from the life coaches that I've had. Um, so I did that for, like, a year. And mm -hmm. I started getting the certification, started studying it. I started reading all these books. That's the only books that I read are st stuff to do with this with the mind. That's the only mm -hmm. thing I care about if it's going to give me value. That's the only podcast I listen about. Mm -hmm. um, some people know this. I don't even listen to music when I'm working out. Half mm -hmm. the time, I rarely do. I'll just listen to podcasts because I want to get as much knowledge about this stuff as I can. Mm -hmm. So I was just obsessed. But when I got on the cruise ship, you work seven days a week all the time. There's no time when guests aren't on the cruise ship. So I never, I kind of just got away from it. I was enjoying my travels. And so I got a phone call and he said, um, hey, Carter, what are you working towards right now? And I was like, whoa, like I, I haven't talked to this guy in ever. I don't even like, we keep in touch on now and then. Like, why did he reach out to me just randomly when I'm in Sweden here enjoying my time? Like, what was this, what, what was this about? And I said, you know, for the first time in my life, I'm not actually reaching towards anything. I feel like I'm content and I'm just really enjoying all this traveling that I get to do because that's what I love. And, and then he kind of talked to me. He's like, so how's that feel? I was like, honestly, it kind of feels weird now that you're talking to me about this. I'm used to striving for things to, you know, being better or like, go, um, you know, doing things within my job to improve. I would never been really that content. And so he's like, what would you think about me being your mentor slash coach? And so I had to think about it. And he just basically said, screw your job. This is it. Jump in full feet. Mm -hmm. I was like, you know, if I jump in, if I do both and put in 30%, I'm going to get 30% of the results. Mm -hmm. yeah? But mm -hmm. if I jump in 100% in, 
It's the only way I'll know. And I knew I was meant for this. Like I say, when I left Sioux Falls to go to Utah, from Utah to Miami, to on the ship to now, it's mm-hmm. that feeling and that calling that's like, hey, this is it. You just know, and you just mm-hmm. got to trust it that this is where you're supposed to go. So that's mm-hmm. what I had. So no questions asked. Um, I've had a lot of experiences, like you said, where um, I trust it, and it turned out to be the best decision. So why wouldn't I trust it now? Yeah. So, yeah. So in, in 25 years, you've had tremendous experiences mm-hmm. you've just laid out. I mean, I'm a little envious. Mm-hmm. I mean, it sounds amazing. And you've learned a lot from all those experiences. Yeah. So you you were very observant, and you let those experiences teach you. Mm-hmm. So if you you know fast forward to today, at 25 years of age, mm-hmm. and all of your experiences, what have you seen as some of the key attributes of great leaders? And what what are those attributes you're really striving towards yourself to be better at? Yeah. So one thing that I'll say right away with that, like the key attributes of leaders. I would say that they, ha- they don't care what any other people think, okay? So they mm-hmm. have a desire and a d- divine belief like that this is it, this is what they're doing, and nothing's going to stop them. Because mm-hmm. as soon as you are going off doing your own thing, being a leader, whatever you feel like you're doing, and having people follow you, and that's what a leader mm-hmm. is, you want to be worthy of being followed, what happens when you get your first no? Or like mm-hmm. the first, this is stupid, you know? Yeah. Do you have a belief that this is where you're supposed to go and where you're called to go still, mm-hmm. you know? So that is what I think is a key attribute to have that utmost confidence in yourself. Because when you walk in, when you're leading others, they have to feel it as well. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're walking in like, oh man, things didn't go well, they're not going to believe where this thing is going. They have to mm-hmm. know where it's going, have that vision, have that belief. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's a huge thing of the people, some people that I respect as leaders as well. And so things as when you asked about all my experiences and what that has taught me, it, it's actually crazy because on the ship, I guess they weren't necessarily leaders, but they were managers. Mm-hmm. Um, so some were kind of leading the team in a way, like the department. Um, so I was in the shore excursions department, so I got to go all over, and at each port I could do any shore excursion for free. So when I was in Alaska, I was flying with the, I was flying on the helicopters. Um, doing, um, I did a ride with the Alaskan sled dogs, crazy things like that. I was tasting the glacier Fun. water. Yep, doing really cool things like that. But um, when I got back on the ship, you know, some managers were super, super nice and like super outgoing. But then um, I had some managers who I didn't really, you could kind of see like, that's not a tendency that I want to carry with, with me as a leader when I keep on growing and moving forward. Um, how they treated people with respect and not respect. What they said to them, you could tell by the body language, ooh, that this person's kind of lacking confidence. Why would you kind of shut them down like that? Mm-hmm. Um, and so at a point where this, um, some of my teammates, I guess, being the assistant manager, would come to me then because they would kind of shut down. Hey, like they were, they were very hurt by something. So I was like, okay, I understand that. You know, how to go about reaching out to people and reaching out to them the right way, especially from different cultures from all over the world. Mm-hmm. If I say something to somebody who's from Serbia, you know, it might be taken differently from someone who's from, you know, China. So it's just like that different mm-hmm. cultures, they might take it totally the wrong way. Mm-hmm. So, and also one of the biggest things is, again, how I t- articulate things to people and what words I use. Because I, I was using a simple phrase that an American might think is simple, but they might be like, mm-hmm. oh, what's that mean? Mm-hmm. And now I just have to cha- um, change the word up just slightly or use like a synonym. So mm-hmm. it's using my words um, um, in, a, in the correct way to get, yeah. come across for them to understand. Okay, so let me, let me pull apart. This okay. is what I'm hearing. Okay. So first thing I heard is that a good leader needs to have confidence, Mm -hmm. almost in a way of single-mindedness. And I just read that recently of how some of the greatest leaders were the crazy people. The Thomas Edison's who said, I will figure out this light bulb, Mm -hmm. you know, no matter what anybody says. So there comes a different level of confidence in self with Mm -hmm. that. What I also 
heard is that respect. Mm -hmm. Respect. And also communication. Mm -hmm. So if you want to be a better communicator, you better become, or a better leader, you better become a better communicator. Yeah. If you want to be a, a great leader, you got to respect others. Mm -hmm. If you want to be a better leader, you have to develop confidence. Mm -hmm. Not unauthentic confidence, yep. but be vulnerable enough to say what I don't know. But here's one word you haven't used okay. that I heard a number of times in your experiences. Okay. Commitment. Mm -hmm. So you said one time, I could have just kind of dipped my toe into it mm -hmm. 30% or I could have gone all in. Mm -hmm. You could have not committed to go to Utah and get in that car and drive, but you did. Yep. So one of my mentors taught me this a long time ago. Nathan, once committed, providence sets in. Mm -hmm. So commit. Mm -hmm. And until you're committed, you're playing the hokey pokey with yep. life. Yep. Right? One foot in, one foot out. Yep. So, okay, so I, this is a great conversation. So now you're doing this mental performance coaching. Yes. Talk to me about that and why. Yeah, so good question. So I want to go back to what you said with confidence, though, and that relates to self-belief, which is if you want to nail it down to what I do, that is a big thing of what I do. Mm -hmm. Because I think everybody is in a certain position where they are right now. Everybody in this world who has a certain job are there because they believe that they either fit there or like they don't believe that they can do more, something like that, okay? Mm -hmm. So like, hey, I'm in this position, because I, um, if they were to develop more confidence and more self-belief, they'd want to do something more to challenge them. Mm -hmm. They would want to move up and get there. So, and that might actually mess with people's heads a little bit, like, you know, am I here because I settled? Or what if I did more to develop my inner self, my confidence, did the mm -hmm. inner work, and felt like I was called for something more? Would I, would I do something more fulfilling and take that challenge, you know, instead of just mm -hmm. being comfortable and complacent? Um, so, like, with that being said, I just think the, that is such a big thing. The inner work, for me, is everything. Because as soon as your mind shifts, your outer world shifts, too. Mm -hmm. So when you're talking about confidence and self-belief, that's going to, in a, in a way, that's going to filter down to your communication. You're going to speak differently. You're going to mm -hmm. talk to people differently. You're going to go about and show yourself in this world differently. Because what happens if you don't have confidence and self-belief is when you, if you do want more and want to receive more, You'll, you'll self-sabotage mm -hmm. yourself. You think that you're not ready. You'll, you'll eventually get it. Things start coming, um, coming to you that are amazing. And mm -hmm. then you just think that you're not, you're not worthy of it. You're not prepared. Oh, why, why me? You know? Um, well, what, what's, gonna, what's bad going to happen now? I don't know. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if I'm ready for this because you haven't done the inner work to be like, I deserve this. Mm -hmm. I'm the man at what I'm doing. And so now that I have this, I'm going to take it and accept it. And I'm mm -hmm. going to do great things with this because that's the person that I am. Mm -hmm. So there was a point in my, in my life where... Um, I had all these things in, it was in Miami where I was just so connected on a spiritual level. It was like, it was, it was my mind and I was seeing things a different way. I was, I, I had nothing, no bad thoughts, nothing creeped in. I was just, I was, to put it, it was like one with the universe. And that's how I got with one of my life coaches, mental performance coach. She was, she studied this stuff for 40 years. She was really, really aligned with everything. Mm -hmm. So the problem with that was, is I didn't take any action. I was there just like, things are great. Oh man, it's it's amazing. You know, look at this world, whatever. And I was just just like whatever. You know, I was I was just content. You know, floating around, really happy. But I didn't have anything to go for. So when you combine that of hey, I know what I'm doing, um, and then again, this is what I do now. Figuring out what you, what you want to do in life and like what impact you want to have, your purpose, which is a big thing. You have to have your why and your purpose because that's going to get you up in the morning and get you going. So what's your why? Ooh, good question. All right, so. My why is developing a little bit as I go and in, in this, because as I'm going in this journey and I know where it's going, okay? So but my why right now is to realize, 
and help other people realize to fulfill their full potential and that this is actually their one life to live and to not go in lightly. I want people to realize that they should not take any, you know, 20% and put a toe in type of thing. This is it to do what you love to do. Mm-hmm. So let's develop that confidence that you can do anything and actually go what you're destined to do. Okay, I love it. I love it. And I think, you know what, I think my self-confidence, as I've tried to work on it over the years, comes from the fact that God doesn't make junk. Mm-hmm. Every one of us has different skills, abilities, and talents. Yep. Those are his gift to us. Our gift back to him is what we do with them. Mm-hmm. And so I think that every one of you, and that's what I want you to speak to, okay. is you're 25 years old. Mm-hmm. Some of these, a lot of people will have a hard time with these I mean, what we see on social media and what we see in all these things and trying to live somebody else's life, Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter what you do. Mm -hmm. It's more who you are and why you're doing it. Mm -hmm. And at 25 years old, you figured out a lot sooner than a lot of people do. So for those people that are listening here, what is things that you do in your own routine that you've learned to help you become a better leader, Mm. become more confident, and for those people who are saying, you know what, I'm not a great leader, or I don't have that great a confidence, where would you tell them to start? Yeah, so let me start with um, what I do, and I think this is where a lot of people get it wrong, okay? So there's, like you said, on social media, there's so much stuff out there, right? Oh, mm-hmm. cold plunging, you know, do this for five minutes a day, um, write, um, you know, read the Bible, whatever it may be, um, whatever. Uh, so, there's so there's so much stuff out there, right? Mm-hmm. And you might be like, where, where do I go with this? Some people say, don't look at your phone for the first hour. Um, go out and get exercise right away, you know? So it's like, oh, well, all those things, that's a lot, you know? Yeah. That's a lot to do. And so that's why I think people get it wrong because it becomes a point of t- doing a check mark off your list. Yeah. Hey, I need to do, I need a workout check. Hey, I need to do writing check. Hey, I need to have this breakfast check. And that's not, that's not enjoyable. That's not waking up and enjoying your day right away because you decide to do a to-do list. And it's like, well, checking in with yourself, and this is what I talk about a lot is, you're unique to everybody. They, people are saying, do this. You're, you're a unique person. Like you said, everybody's different, you know, and they all have unique abilities, things like that. So what works best for, for you individually? Ask yourself that. What do I actually need right away today? Do I need to go on a walk instead of a run? Do I need to have this certain breakfast? Do I need to check in with my faith? You know, what do I actually need in this moment and having that? So it's more fun that way too. Mm-hmm. So um, you have flow written right here. I'm a huge proponent on the word flow. Because when you're not strict, oh, I have to work out, oh, I have to do this, you, you, you release that tension. Hey, I don't have to, I don't have to do anything, really. Um, what would actually bring you the most joy? And then you go about your day totally differently. Then you start, you're more free, you're less tense, and you start attracting people into your life like, hey, I, I just had the best day ever. I started being aware of things around me because I wasn't so just absolutely focused that I missed out. I missed out on that beautiful dog that walked by, or that beautiful woman, or whatever it may be. You know, you don't so, miss those. No, no, I, I got I, no, <laughs> But, but yeah, I mean, it's not being so tight, and so just knowing that there is no mistake, like you mm-hmm. said too. You can, there is no mistake. Why not just go have fun and do it mm-hmm. and do what feels best? And then it's like having that goal, like that purpose. So knowing that this is where you'll get there by having that end goal. It's just like these little things of the house to get to mm-hmm. the why. You know, you had to start somewhere, Yeah. but there's a lot of people that don't know where to start. Mm-hmm. So what, what would your encouragement be to the people that are listening right now? Where would you ex- want them to start? Yeah, I would, I would say focus on yourself first. Mm-hmm. So without focusing on yourself, you don't know who you are mm-hmm. and what might happen. So then you start learning, you know, how did I react to the situation? Why did that emotion come out in me? What's, what's the deeper meaning? And then so from there, you kind of so, figure So I'm going to pull yeah, that yeah, apart. Go okay. So focusing on yourself. And yeah. I think what he said there, I don't, I'm, I don't want to miss this. 
Focusing on self means self-awareness. Mm-hmm. So self-awareness is a key element to leadership because if you don't know who you are, that's going to be very difficult. Yep. Because then when you become self-aware, then you can self-regulate. And you regulate where those emotions are coming from, where that stinking thinking is coming from. Mm-hmm. Then you can adapt your behavior. But I agree with you 100%. If you don't know who you are, mm-hmm. good luck. Yep. So start there. Mm-hmm. Is that what I, yeah, that's what that's I heard? Yeah, that's a great yeah. way to put it. And the thing is, too, you can learn so much from other people. And you can uh, read all these self-help books. But if you don't know yourself and how to apply it, it's mm-hmm. useless. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Just like with school, like, you know, if you're not in the right environment to use what you learned, it doesn't really help you out. It may not kind of be there, but to know yourself and actually know how to apply it and where to apply it makes a whole difference. Yeah. Okay. So let's just, we're going to end with this. Talk to me about your mental performance coaching. You have a certain focus, certain people that you're trying to to really uh, work with right now. Talk about that for a moment. Yeah. Yeah. So this... And I'm just so passionate about this because this is my journey that my life has taken me on. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because, like I said, when I was in Miami, I had hired coaches, spent a lot of money, started learning, reading everything that I could. That was like my day and night type What's of thing. What's your favorite book? My favorite book. I just read, I want I've read six books in the last like a month. So mm-hmm. those have been my favorite. I want to say Relentless. By Tim Grover. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Good book. Yeah. Yeah. I really liked it because it's what I needed at the time. And that's mm-hmm. why. I don't read just anything. Are you a cleaner, a closer, or a cooler? I'm trying to be more of a closer here. <laughs> cleaner. Cleaner. <laughs> cleaner. 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 You're right. Okay. Cleaner. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but that's what I needed. So when people recommend me a book, yeah. you know, you might be like, you feel like you have to listen to it. Or recommend me a podcast. Like, I, I feel like I have to listen to this. People just do it. I don't do it like that because I know what I need. Mm-hmm. Again, I know myself enough. Like, this is not even what I'm going for. Some yeah. people are like, hey, Carter, it's a great book. It's like, mm, I'll read the back. It's not what I need right now. Yeah. So that was a book that I needed to become yeah. like that next level and yeah. maybe just n- more to the next level of not giving a crap of what people think about me. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Um, so, yeah. So when I was going through that, it, it's funny because it's things will pop up in your life that you haven't taken care of, um, that it, the universe kind of gives you another chance. God puts it in a way to, hey, this is it again. And I feel like this was it for me. I had that opportunity to do it um, two years ago in Miami. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I kind of let it go. And then I had another opportunity then, like, should I step into this? You know, it just doesn't feel right. And that's yeah. where I felt, again, that calling of like, let's go travel right now. Let's take mm-hmm. that Let's take that break. Let's take that moment. Mm-hmm. And now it came back to me. Someone reached out to me and I was like, this is it. So that's why I'm so passionate. Like, this is meant for me. I fully believe it. Mm-hmm. Um, at this season of my life, this stage, you know, who knows what might evolve from it, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, but I, well, the reason why I'm so passionate about it is because I know what it's done for me. When I know that when I didn't have that much of confidence when I came into my first coach. And that's something that I really wanted to focus on. I had things holding me back that was reshifted in my brain. Mm -hmm. You know, when you look at things from a whole different perspective about, you know, I got this from my parents, whatever it may be, um, friends or like um, playing the victim mentality, you know, and you kind of like rephrase it in your mind. It's like, oh my gosh, you know, I can't believe I didn't think about it like that right away. I feel like much better about it. Or like, I don't, I kind of got to a point now it's like, how many people go about their day thinking about people looking at them or if you say something to someone, oh, I wonder if they took that the right way. Eliminating even something like that. It's like, I, I don't have to worry about what they're saying. They have other things. And it's just like that innate knowing of realization. So you can go about your day focused on what you need to focus. Mm-hmm. It's more clear, um, more clarity. Um, so you're going about your day of where you want to go, what you want to do and doing what's best for you. And it just changes the whole game of what you, what you want to do with your life. Yep. So whatever you do want to do, it just becomes more clear and you're more like, this is it. And you have mm-hmm. that full confidence going into it and you take away those limiting beliefs as you go. 
So mm-hmm. every everybody's different though. It's not it's not like a program type of thing where it's like one size fits all. Like we said, everybody's unique. Everybody has different limiting beliefs holding them back or what they might think or about it. And um, so and never like go in with you know a certain aspect of it. We have to work and see where the person is at and go from there. Mm-hmm. Um, so like um, when you ask too, like kind of what I'm working towards right now is um, I, I, I love working just anybody, any, a lot of people, but men in particular, yes, I do love coaching men and then also athletes. And the reason why I love coaching athletes is because I was an athlete and I struggled in that area of what I could have been if I was like I am now. Yeah, that's, you know, that's, yeah, a lot of lessons learned. Yeah, yes. you and me both. So here's what I want to just have the people that listen. I can't agree with you more. I mean, some of the most important people to me in my life was my coaches. Going mm-hmm. all the way back to Little League, mm-hmm. to playing high school, to going into college. But those relationships were so critical in helping me. And I still to this day have coaches in areas of my life. Mm -hmm. I will have a coach in my life until the day I die. Mm -hmm. And to me, what does a coach do? Every coach that I've been around wants to do one thing, and that's win. So how do we win at this game of life? Mm -hmm. How do they see my blind spots? How do they help create? Yes be to think differently and reflect. So I commend the work that you're doing. Mm-hmm. Thank you for this time. Thank you. This has been great. Yes. So keep doing it, man. I love your passion. I mean, just sitting down with you, I feel some of your energy. So that's awesome. Oh, I love appreciate it. Appreciate that. You bet. That's awesome. You bet. You can find more thoughts on how to move beyond bricks at drnathanunruh.com.